0: Welcome back to the Foul Balls podcast for Thursday, October 18th, 2018. And this is a pretty small slate, only three games. So this will be a little bit shorter, not as many players to talk about. And then also, just the way the three-game slate's set up is not everybody's going to be a perfect play. You kind of have to get a little bit of exposure almost to every team because there's only so many choices. And you just kind of have to make do of what's available. Uh so so far what's gone uh well with Wednesday night was uh Seti Osman, last set eye, great value play. Uh Anthony Davis, good guy to pay up for. Uh one thing that's hurt me so far is I'm at halftime of the games watching, and we've got Luka Doncic got off to a really good start and then quickly got into foul trouble after his hot start. He had like six points, two rebounds, and three assists in like five minutes and then picked up a couple fouls and then just did nothing the rest of the second, the uh, first half. So hopefully he picks it up a little bit in the second half because I have some good lineups going, but Doncic is my highest-owned player tonight, so it would be helpful to me if he uh, starts playing better. One quick thing before I get into the short slate for Thursday is I did have somebody uh, leave a review for the podcast that I found to be very entertaining and I thought that I would read uh, basically, the backstory here is I'm in a Yahoo Public, one of like the pro fantasy leagues, and a couple guys in the league found me on Twitter and like my DraftKings profile and stuff, and started listening to podcasts. And because I am uh, towards the top of the standings in the league, and they these guys' teams are not nearly as good, they decided to shit on my podcast and whatever other stuff, uh, trolling me on Twitter a little bit. So this was a review I got from this guy who starts it by saying, uh, uh, where was it? I lost it. Okay, here he goes. starts I'm, uh, I'm gonna listen to this gay podcast with my bitch. All right, so we're so we're already off to a good start. He is uh, at le- we know he's cool. He's got a girlfriend. so clearly this guy is cool. He's got good things going for him. And now the review of the podcast, after him him and the, him and his lady listened to it, the review was, uh, um, well, it was really bad. It was such bad podcasts, you don't have to listen to them. I've listened to nice quality podcasts, but you're a joke. You need to seriously stop because my grandmother is funnier than you and she is on her deathbed. Well, it, well I don't understand why this guy's assuming that because you're dying, it means you can't be funny. It's not like Rodney Dangerfield was... About to die, and all of a sudden he wasn't funny anymore. He was still a funny guy. I like to think that when I'm in the hospital on my deathbed, that I'll be in there cracking catheter jokes or something, telling them to stick it farther in. Uh, but if you guys want to go, leave me a nice review to cancel out his that. That would be that would be nice. You could go on iTunes and do that. And I don't know the algorithm, but supposedly it's supposed to help people find it or something. But getting into the basketball games. Just the three games for Thursday, first game on the slate. Chicago Bulls at the Philadelphia 76ers. I think the Bulls are going to be awful this year. There's 11 point spread on this game. There's a decent amount of blowout risk here. But with only three games, we're going to have to have some exposure here. From the Bulls side of the game, Wendell Carter Jr. has been named the starting center. At only 4,200, I think that he makes for a pretty decent... uh, Value play. And the other thing, too, about Wendell Carter, high draft pick, rookie, even if this game does get out of hand, it's hard to imagine that they're just going to sit Wendell Carter Jr. down. Like, I think that no matter what, we're going to see at a minimum like 25 or so minutes from him just because there, there is no reason for him. He's going to be in in garbage time. He's, he's going to be in if the game's close. He's a key part of their team. Uh, Zach Levine carried a massive usage rating last year. He's at 6,400. He was not efficient last year, but he scored fantasy points just because he takes a lot of shots when he's on the court. So at 6,400, I think that he's fine to look at. Uh, We've got Bobby Portis is starting over Jabari Parker. I'm kind of curious how the ownership is going to break down here. Uh, I kind of think that Jabari Parker on the second unit is a little bit more favorable for the fantasy outlook of guys like Zach Levine, even for Parker himself. I think he's going to have a really high usage in that second unit, only 5200 I think he's fine to roster. I actually prefer him to Bobby Portis. Uh, Portis is a little bit more expensive, 5700 uh, But I think Levine, Parker, Carter, I think all fine plays. None of them are all that expensive. From the Sixer side of the game... We had Ben Simmons, monster game on opening night. I think that he's fine to roster at 9,500, and Bead also makes sense at 9,700. If I'm paying up for somebody, I'd prefer LeBron to both of them just because there's less blowout risk. Simmons played a ton of minutes on opening night, so if this game gets a little out of hand, which there's a pretty good chance of it happening, I think that they'll probably be pretty quick to take Simmons out of the game to get him some rest after he played, uh, what was it, like 44 minutes on opening night against, uh, 43 minutes against the Celtics. Then we have uh, Robert Covington, 4,700. I think that he's fine. Uh, Markel Fultz at 4,500. Certainly not a cash play. I still think for GPPs he's okay. He was massively disappointing on opening night. He looked terrible. But just the idea this game could be a blowout, I think that they would want to get Fultz burn in that blowout time. And I think that he could do well against the backups. I think people will not be all that interested in Fultz because of how bad he was on opening night. But at 4,500, I wouldn't say it's a play I'm super confident in. But I do think there's upside and faults. And as long as he's cheap, I'm willing to take a chance on him on a slate like this where they're just it's hard to find upside. And if he's not going to be massively owned, I think he makes sense to find cheap guy with upside that might not have a ton of ownership. Uh, next game on the slate, we have the Miami Heat at the Washington Wizards. From the Heat side of the game, we saw James Johnson and uh, Wayne Ellington both get ruled out. Prior to Wednesday's game, we're going to have the same situation it looks like for tomorrow night. And then in addition, Dwayne Wade, obviously old man, veteran, back-to-back on the road. I think pretty good chance we see Wade rested in this spot, which in that case would open up a little bit more backcourt minutes for a uh, guy like Tyler Johnson, who I think is okay to roster 4,100. In the front court. we saw a really big game from Hassan Whiteside. Uh, he finished with 41.5 fantasy points in 34 minutes. But Whiteside was not good last year. Motivation was a huge issue. And to me, I think what was a real big difference with him on Wednesday night is he just gave a shit. I thought he was trying. He was giving effort. He got a technical foul for, uh, cause, just because he got angry at a call. He was pumped or he he dunked on somebody or something and got called for Tony. But either way, like he was into the game. He was fired up. And that was something we just didn't see from Whiteside last year. He was lethargic. He didn't care a lot. So 7000 for Whiteside, I, I like paying up for him. Uh, Matchup against maybe Dwight Howard, who is currently questionable with uh back issue, so maybe not 100% Dwight Howard. I think that's a good spot for Whiteside. And then still Josh Richardson, a good play, really good game on Wednesday. I think that's something that will continue for him. Uh, from the Wizard side of the game, Dwight Howard's only 5900 If he plays and doesn't have a minutes restriction— I think that he's a fine play at that price tag. A lot of upside in him for cheap. Even though as a real life player, I think he leaves a little bit to be desired out on the the court. He was still a pretty decent fantasy producer last year. Uh, DraftKings, he averaged 38 fantasy points in 30 minutes per game. He's only 5900. If we're getting over, if we could get over 30 fantasy points from him, that would be a great outcome. I think that he's a sensible play. Uh, and then we've got John Wall and Bradley Beal. I say this about the Wizards guys all the time. When they're at home, they're much better plays than we're on the road. The Wizards are a team that is way bigger home-road splits than most other teams in the league. I've, I've never been able to figure out what the reason is, except it's existed for the last few seasons. So generally, John Wall, when he's at home, really good play when he's on the road, not a good play. And the reason is because he's, he's priced for his average production, which is kind of in between his home-road stats. So he always tends to be a little bit overpriced when he's on the road. When he's at home, a little bit underpriced. So I like John Wall here. If Dwight Howard does get ruled out, then it's probably going to be Jan Mahimi starting at center. He's been priced up a little bit at 4600 assuming that Dwight Howard could be out. So Mahimi, I think, would be okay to roster if he's starting, but he wouldn't be some kind of like great smash player or anything like that because he's not min-priced. He's been priced up in the event that we could see Dwight Howard ruled out. Final game on the slate, L.A. Lakers at the Portland Trailblazers. This game has the closest spread on the slate at only three and a half points, and also the highest total at two twenty-two. So that means this is the best game to target. Should be competitive. Should be high scoring. Should be fast-paced, at least according to Vegas. So I think uh, LeBron ten thousand eight hundred makes a lot of sense to pay up for. Uh, also on the Lakers side, we have KCP, Paul Caldwell Pope. Contavius Caldwell Pope. Too many Ps there. I gave him. He's questionable to play. If he's out, I think we probably see Josh Hart start in his spot. And Hart was really good as a starter last year. We saw him capable of playing a lot of minutes, put up some big fantasy point totals. I think that he is a really good value at 4,300 if he's in the starting lineup. Uh, Just kind of fair pricing if he he isn't going to play. Isn't going to start, I mean. Lonzo Ball at 5,400 is coming off the bench, but I kind of expect him to have a little bit of a minutes restriction to start the year coming off the knee issue. Uh, Brandon Ingram at 6,500, I think that he is okay, Kuzma's okay. Really the primary target here for me is LeBron, Josh Hart, if he ends up starting, and then Ingram and Kuzma would kind of be more of secondary plays. Uh, the Portland side of the game, uh, I, I really like them. I think that with the Lakers kind of integrating some new pieces in there with LeBron and Brooke Lopez in there, it, it's really there's a lot of turnover on the team. Julius Randle's gone. I think they could struggle a little bit defensively out of the gate. So a good spot, I think, for the Trailblazers. I think Lillard's a good guy to roster at six hundred. I really like pairing him with LeBron as kind of having like the two high-priced uh, studs in a lineup. And then Joseph Nurkic at 6,300. I, I don't think that he's somebody who's really ever a good uh, cash play because he's very volatile. He, te- he tends to get into foul trouble a lot. But for GPPs, there's a lot of upside there. And I don't really think there's anybody on the Lakers that could guard him. JaVale McGee is going to be starting against him. JaVale McGee is size, except he's not really known as a great defender, even though he makes athletic plays and he could block shots from time to time. But behind him, like Mo, Vag- uh, Mo, Wa- uh, Mo Wagner, I think I pronounced his name right, uh, is going to be pl- a up with Nurkic a little bit. But he's a rookie. He's a little bit undersized for a center. He's not really athletic. I, I don't think that he's a really big frame. I don't think he's going to be particularly strong. I don't think he could handle a guy like Nurkic in the post. So I think there's a lot of upside in Nurkic. Uh, CJ McComb a little bit overpriced for me. Uh, really the primary plays here, Lillard and Nurkic. Maybe you could throw Aminu into a lineup also. So those are the three games for the slate. If you have any questions, you could message me on Twitter or on Basketball Monster. Uh I'm not going to have an article for tomorrow because it's only a three-game slate, but if you want to post questions in the article from Wednesday, that's usually where we talk about the previous day's games. So that wraps up today's podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at G. DFS and then I'll be back for a bigger slate on Friday.